this podcasting game, Megan, let me tell you, <laughs> there might be haters out there, but we get nothing but love. I promise you that. <laughs> okay. So, all right. You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? Hey, hey, hey. Back for another week. All right, let's do it. And joining us in Arlington, Texas is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how's it going? It's going good, man. I, I'm a little sunburned and a little kind of beer toasty because we came back from the great state fair of Texas tonight. Oh, nice. We're out there for most of the day. What's the weather like down there? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's like the perfect October weather where it's kind of cool at night, but during the day it's warm enough that you can just be out in a t-shirt kind of that golden sunlight oh yeah we're getting that beauty up in nebraska as well <laughs> nice and you know we've been bringing in some great guests week after week and this week's no different matt why don't you let the audience know who we've got on the line today yeah totally we have kind of sitting in as a, a fourth chair not not to talk about anything specific but a good perspective on all of the topics i think we're gonna talk about today Megan, our stand-in Chicago correspondent, and you probably know her better on Twitter as the Meme Witch. Welcome to Liquid Flannel. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's important to note that it is actually Meme Vitch. Oh. Okay. With the double Vs. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you do a v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-v-
of doing right. like forms and job interviews all the time or whatever yeah. to get like advancement in rank and stuff. We got two Eagle Scouts on the podcast here. Do we? I, oh. Are you're Eagle, right? I'm an Eagle. And Matt is. Matt's like a life scout. No, I, I was a I was a conscientious objector. You know, you did you had all of the qualifications to do Eagle, which I didn't even do I a did, project. I did literally everything that you needed to do to be an Eagle Scout and then decided that because the Scouts was anti-gay. I didn't want to have that thing. Dude, we had a me. lot of political issues with the Scouts. So oh, yeah. the the gay stuff, they were super anti-atheist for a while. They were like banning Scouts who said they were atheist. And I sure. was atheist when I was in the Scouts. I was like, uh, that's <laughs> that's kind of not cool. Right. I would like to say that I conscientiously objected, but really I was lazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. Like, Brendan was my atheist friend at the time. <laughs> like, he was he was more atheist than I was <laughs> at the time. But we, we should back it up, though, and say exactly what happened. So the decision that was made was that the national organization, after being petitioned by a number of, uh, like, girls, not, not even young women, but actually girls, like Cub Scout age, saying they wanted to be part of Boy Scouts... Finally, they the the national organization relaxed the rules where girls can be part of the Cub Scouts, but they're going to be in separate dens. From it, there, there won't be co-ed Cub Scout dens. Just the pack, and then right. I'm not sure how it works on the like the pack level. I, I think that'll be right now. Co-ed. It's just like the Cub Scout level, and they're still segregated by gender. Well, and then. They were going to have a program develop that would allow girls to earn the rank of Eagle Scout and earn the merit badges. Eventually. I think that, I don't think that the decision was made as much about, um, about girls wanting to be in Scouts in this overwhelming amount as much as it was the BSA trying to expand their numbers in general. Because the Girl Scouts of America was not happy huh. about this at all. Um, in an article in the Omaha World Herald, they were talking about how this was an attempt to reach, essentially to reach out to the middle class siblings of right. the already middle class people in scouting or affluent people in scouting. 80% right. of kids... 80% of boys aren't in Boy Scouting, I think. It, it was like, so, they, they spin it like they're like, oh, it's all because we love equality we and stuff, bring but really it's like, in. it's a numbers game, Literally, 100%. Exactly. Numbers have been down in Scouting on the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scout side, and now they're pulling it away. Girl Scouts were a little bit upset with this move right now. As an Eagle Scout, I personally think that everything that I learned in Scouting is something that should be for anybody that wants to learn it. Regardless of your gender, regardless of your gender identity, regardless of your orientation, I think anybody can learn leadership, anybody can learn um, environmental conservation, and learn a general love for the outdoors. So to that end, I believe anyone should be able to earn the rank of Eagle Scout. Yeah, I don't know how much... I was never... I never did the Girl Scouts, but the only thing I did remember was they went to Build-A-Bear, and I thought that was... I was really jealous about that. (laughs) I want to go to build a bear. And it's really interesting because as the Boy Scouts have kind of drifted to the right, there was a big Mm -hmm. push with Boy Scouts, you know, a while back where a lot of Mormon and and explicitly religious groups were getting involved and taking ownership and, and then saying like, 
hey, no gay well, I people. Think the, I think the Latter-day Saints are still the biggest contributors to the organization. Well, they, they make up something like 30, 35% of Boy Scout. Well, apparently a lot of them have been dropping off. They've been making their own scouting equivalent uh, groups as well and more right-leaning scouting groups. Right, since the Boy Scouts kind of bowed under pressure and then started saying like, hey, look, yeah, openly gay people can participate or whatever, sure. even if they still continue to like couch it in mm-hmm. limitations. And <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's cool that they can have co-ed scouting. I, when I was in Scouts, I always thought, yeah, there's no reason that this should be gender segregated, but... And Brendan, you and I even worked on trying to get an explorer troop going where we could include some of our, our gal friends... Uh, and that's a thing that's right. existed within scouting for like decades is like the co-ed right. high school student scouting. Yeah. And those groups were able to go to film on at least. I remember seeing co-ed explorer scouts out there on the trail. At the same time that the Boy Scouts is saying, well, hey, now girls can start joining. It's interesting because the Girl Scouts as an organization has actually kind of been moving more leftward as the Boy Mm -hmm. Scouts kind of get pulled to the right. And so the message of the Girl Scouts is a lot about, you know, women's empowerment, equality, feminism, trans acceptance. Right. It's things like that where they get a lot of flack from the right wing for their acceptance uh, of of Mm -hmm. all kinds of different orientations and everything. But I wonder if the Girl Scouts says like, yeah, sure, boys can join or whatever, but the gender disparity is going to be huge, right? There's such a huge stigma associated with like, oh, you're a boy joining the girl thing versus like, oh, you're a girl joining the boy thing. Well, it's shameful to be a girl. Right. Which is fucked up and part of the patriarchy. Right. But it's sad because, I, I mean, I wish that there was a movement like that in the Boy Scouts side, right, to say, to be more accepting. And I wonder if this will maybe lead to that, but it is really sad because I do think that this will be damaging to the Girl Scouts organization. Well, I think that it might be a good opportunity for the Girl Scouts organization to adopt some of those things or co-opt some of those things with Boy Scouts and say, yeah, summer camp is a thing that we're going to do, you know, high adventures, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the big thing that I've heard as being a big difference between the two organizations, the relative satisfaction with the experience, because I think the Girl Scouts does do more uh, like overt political philosophy sort of stuff, but their activities might not be as much fun. Boy Scouts get to go. I mean, you went camping like every two weeks, at least when you were in the Boy Scouts, you were out there building fires and when you went to summer camp you were swimming and canoeing and shooting guns and climbing rock faces and stuff like that and i'm not sure if the overall girl scout experience is quite the same yeah and i hope that's something that they can change i think it would be cool if the girl scouts had more of that kind of like outdoorsiness aspect to it where you're kind of camping and roughing it where i think in the past it was almost gender normative to say like well girls don't like that kind of stuff you know right sure they're pampered little powder puffs we can't let them be out in the dirt (laughs) right and you know organizational wise too i mean the one thing about boy scouts was we were literally having elections in the troop for positions right where you had to campaign you had to get people to support you for whatever reason and then you know when you were doing your service projects you had to get people to support you and they wanted to because then rely on your support to help them with their service projects like those kind of things I would right. like someone that that has experience with Girl Scouts to let us know 
if any of that exists in scouting, because I really think that that leadership part, that helped get you adjusted to public speaking and things like that. I was going to say, maybe both organizations need to look at a merger or something like that. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Right. Money-wise, they're like, we got to hold the sweet money to ourselves. (laughs) So to take the topic out, I want to zoom out a little bit. And I think one of the stronger arguments I've heard for keeping the the scouts gender segregated, which is that it's good that kids learn their place within like their gender. Like most most boys Mm -hmm. are going to grow up around men. Most girls are going to grow up around women in that sense that learning leadership skills within those groups, learning the camaraderie within a gender group is the strength of keeping keeping gender segregated and i think the counterpoint would be that you can teach kids all that and more if the if the groups are mixed so i'm really curious what everyone has has to say about that well my first reaction is like what's the meaningful difference between how why would they need separate gender socialization (laughs) it's definitely a a gender essentialist argument that there's something intrinsically different about boys and girls that it's good for them to learn these skills within a group that's relatively homogenous even though we know that that's probably i mean that's absolutely a fiction well but that's that's how the argument goes i think it's probably not good enough (laughs) that's (laughs) (laughs) that's a good answer (laughs) and well and i think Um, the interesting thing is bringing the girls into the boy scouting organization the leadership and the membership is going to be mostly male so any girl that that joins this organization is it's just like in the real world right where it's like it's a male dominated society you have to integrate yourself into a male dominated you know social hierarchy structure and i think it's harder for a girl to look at some male scout troop leader who's telling them how to do stuff and be like, oh, that could be me. Whereas if it's a woman, it's a lot easier for them to say like, oh, yeah, I totally could do that. And I could be in charge of this group. I I hope that I know that the Boy Scouts does have some like you can be a female adult or whatever that's involved in it. And they've had that for a while. But sure. I don't think there's gender equality representation in those ranks yet. And the BSA has also completely dodged that bullet because they're not yet talking about any kind of like mixed group. Right. Right. Chuck, your brother made a really great point on Facebook, I thought. What he said was that it works better in Cub Scouts because the the unit is the den, not the pack. Right. You just get together with the pack every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But in Boy Scouts, you've got patrols and the troop, but everybody is mixed together all the time. They won't be able to segregate them forever. Once they get through Weeblos or whatever. Weeblos. Which means you're going to have to have, you'll have more like women going as chaperones on campouts and stuff like that. So I wonder if that would I, start to help what Brendan's talking about. I get that there's something that can be gained from seeing somebody that you could identify with as the leader and saying, oh, I could do that. If you zoom that lens out a little bit, you're like, oh, wait, I can only do that in the context of leading other women and being separated away from dudes. (laughs) That's a good point. Right. So my partner has been an active leader for a non-scout affiliated summer camp 
for very affluent people for the most part. <laughs> they have Camp you know, Lincoln for boys and Camp Lake Hubert for girls. It's on the exact same lake. You can have mixed activities like boating and all these other things, but then you can go back to your camp and you can do some of the things where it's like, maybe there are things that would be better led, better taught to women by a woman or something, and it could be done there. You can still have the integration as well. I don't think that it has to be either or. And I think that there's something to be learned. The best way to change people's minds about that stuff and to show that it's not a big deal is early on. And maybe to have leadership roles for boys and girls and male and women counterparts. And then you're forcing gender interaction at an earlier age yeah. and it becomes more normal as well. So, Chuck, you're you're actually in favor of fully integrating like Cub Scout dens at this point. No, I'm not necessarily talking about dens. I think I'm still focused on the Boy Scout issue. I think that it works having dens be gender specific and then the packs can decide if they want to be a mixed pack or not. I think that that that's fine. I favor militarized force integration. You know, <laughs> if people want to do scouts, they should be able to do scouts. Whatever kind of scouts they want to do, I really think that you can benefit a lot in Boy Scouts by adding women to it because then you're going to have more people interact. I mean, literally, our scout troop was no angels. We literally made fun of the kids that were more effeminate than other kids, you know? I mean, that sure. kind of stuff happens. Maybe having straight up, you know, women in the group would kind of cut down on that because <laughs> you don't necessarily have to be right. the bully of that shit, you know? I mean, you know... I mean, I know not necessarily, but, you know, I'm talking about kids see less of that stuff, I think, in right. that context. Well, I, want and, from, I want to hear from Megan. I mean, what, yeah. do you, what do you think? I mean, you know, is there value to gender segregated activities? Should there should nothing be gender segregated? I, I, I don't know. Should everything, should nothing, <laughs> should something. Pick one. Um, Your I mean, answer goes forever. I'm really like coming up short for like a good argument for segregation. <laughs> um, like, and, and I'm not like trying to actually be glib here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm no, it's I, it's uh, it's tough to tease out, and I think probably a lot of these arguments also came about when the Boy Scouts decided to racially integrate. And I just I looked up a couple of numbers real quick. Um, yeah, the first black troop was formed in 1911, um, which was really close to the Boy Scouts' founding, but it took decades for troops to actually integrate and 1974 was the last when the final segregated boy scout council dissolved so damn that oh, yeah. took a really long time but i imagine that these arguments must have been kind of the same then yeah my yeah. dad's an eagle scout yeah. and he wasn't permitted to go to philmont scout reservation which is why he made my brother and right. i go <laughs> but because it was literally no black scouts allowed the, the main argument for it is like people's comfort level, which I don't, <laughs> I don't like have that much sympathy for, to be honest. Right. Like what, what were the arguments against integrating racial wise? Like, yeah, I, I don't have those in front of me, but I'm sure that we are all familiar with the arguments. It's, it's it, the same I, argument. A hero would be, yeah, right. can imagine. I think <laughs> right. the, the main arguments in this case would be like, oh, they want to have like sex with each other or some shit. Right. Like, and that's already 
mm-hmm. gay Boy Scouts exist. Right. Like, this is already, right. it's not a non-issue. Those, those gays. <laughs> and gay Boy Scouts have existed for a long, long time. Yeah, there's always been that. I think it literally comes down to people immediately in their mind going to the sexual argument. It's hard for me to parse out anything else. Well, and it's going to be really interesting for the people who are in this organization and who are going through this transition. I mean, my son is eight right now and we went to the school thing and they were like, oh, hey, well, there's like a Cub Scout thing here. Do you want to join Cub Scouts? And I was like, nah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then the mom was like, oh, little Timmy, tell him like what's cool about Cub Scouts or whatever. And he was like, we get to shoot guns. And I was like, <laughs> great argument, little right. Timmy. Like now I'm even more disinterested. But, <laughs> but with the integration thing, like I kind of want to get in on that. You know right. what I mean? I was like, I yeah. kind of want to be there and be like, let's get in on this and see how this you know? goes. You know, Seriously. I could be a part of this. It's actually been kind of bugging me that the Boy Scouts has been getting woke over the past few years and it's like damn it maybe i need to get reinvolved oh. in this no especially since at the same time as they're like oh we're totally woke and women can come they're like a chanting trump right, rally right. or whatever right <laughs> yeah so that's a little disturbing chanting usa like you know a- i bet if it was integrated with boys and girls maybe that wouldn't have happened oh i'm pretty <laughs> sure i'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been just a stage of trump tom price and russ perry not Russ Perry. What's that Rick dude? Perry? Rick Perry. Oh. <laughs> that dude, that was a scout dude, yep. man. Yep. My scout memory is getting triggered. So <laughs> shout out to Russ Perry if he's scout masters, one secretaries of, of energy, but, you know. <laughs> well, I think that's good. Hopefully we can. People come need back. to free their mind. We can talk about some more stuff that uh, Megan actually will have some opinions on. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're about to get deep, everybody, <laughs> when we get back. This is going to get ugly, possibly. I, I had a meeting with a, 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 a major, you know, top 20 senior. CEO of Fortune uh, uh, 100 company. And he said to me about two or three years ago, something I thought was very good advice for people who run companies. This is very good advice. He said, I would never have a meeting with a woman without someone else in the room. You, you owe, if, and this is, unfortunately, this is where we're at today. You, if you are in a, a position of power, a Bill O'Reilly, a Donald Trump, uh, uh, anyone who's running a company, you cannot be Sean Hannity has never you been accused can't. of sexual harassment. Yeah, chaperones are not. Sean Hannity has never been accused of sexual harassment. Anderson Cooper has never been accused of sexual harassment. What are you talking about? I'm like, saying what? that. So any be, powerful man has, man cannot should, be alone with a woman. That's ridiculous. Just, I have meetings word, with word, Jeff Zucker alone all the time. The I don't wise. have any problems. Like, it, what, where, this, 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 is, this, would, this would affect women negatively, that right. you can't even right. meet privately with your boss. It, if you're in a position of, of, of power, it's probably not a good Tucker idea. Tucker Carlson has never been But that also, impli- that also implies that it's women sort of... Sometimes there are false accusations. I mean, look at all of the powerful men at Fox News who have never been accused of sexual harassment. And this is your solution? I think the lead into this topic is that the internet has been which the topic has been on here? fire with a lot of gender issues the last with sex? like two weeks or so, and I think everyone here has. I smell about sex that. and candy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's okay. been a barrage of gender. It's been pretty Power amazing. Dynamics. So I mean, just just like go down the list, right? There was a. There were the Harvey Weinstein allegations, and then there were a bunch of knock-on allegations from that. So things including, like, Casey Affleck. I I did not keep a full list of those. Um, There's been quite a (laughs) bit happening with uh, issues of sexuality and punching up or punching down with uh, kind of the 
the dirtbag left podcast sphere. There's been other right. other allegations thrown around on Twitter and kind of a an overall sense of kind of a floodgate around conversations of sexuality, gender relations, um, kind of breaking open just in the past two weeks. Yeah, and it it feels like it's in some ways it feels like it's breaking open like harder than I it has in the past and I don't know if that's just where I am in life and it's just like mm-hmm. holy shit <laughs> right um well and also being or, like on left twitter or having just facebook friends whose political views you like to see mm-hmm. will kind of amplify that well I think the the thing that's been the most striking for me is that like these are things that I've been pretty well obsessed with for the past like 10 years or so. Right. Like these are things that I've <laughs> thought about and felt about for a very long sure, time. Sure, and things that you're pursuing in your in your program and and actually mm-hmm. digging into yeah. the research. Yeah, and and so when this came up it was like the least surprising thing in the world to me. I guess I was sort of surprised right. that, like, that he was, like, exposed or that people are, like, caring about it as much. <laughs> right. But it's been kind of jarring to see how many people yeah. are talking about it, which is, like, a weird thing to be jarred by because it's, like, I, I think, like, I don't quite know how to trust what this is going to do like is this just another time that this comes up and we talk about it and then nothing changes or like or does the fact that so many people are talking about it actually mean something and it's like i don't want to it's hard to deal with your hopes getting up for real meaningful change it's like ah goddamn another obama or uh, i mean (laughs) it just hit me earlier today that we're having, you know, right now, hashtag Me Too is trending and has been trending on Twitter. But roughly two weeks ago, we had the biggest mass shooting the country's ever had. And everyone was really obsessed with that oh. for about the time it took for them not to be. And now we're on to another thing. And I don't know that anything's come of that either. So I I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that there is a question of, is this is this just the latest outrage and in 10 days we're going to have mm-hmm. another thing that everyone is focused on without any yep. meaningful lasting change yeah that's yeah that's no, the way they get you I, I think you're spot on <laughs> on, on that Shit. one but i at the, at the same time you know here's my theory my theory is that with trump i mean there's so much built into this whole concept of you know male dominated society and Trump as a sexual abuser and an admitted sexual abuser being voted into the highest office in the land, controlling the national discourse in, you know, such a way that I feel like it is in some way contributing to this other backlash and saying like, well, look, it didn't work for Trump, but that doesn't mean it won't work for everybody. And it's just bringing this, you know, it's mm. kind of like the dam is, is bursting in a way. So in some ways, in the short term, I think it will be the outrage of the week because that's just the era that we're in. Right. But I'm hopeful that in the long term, 
Trump will be our last admitted sexual abuser president because people will realize like that is not cool. Like, and, and I feel like that can be part of Trump's legacy of <laughs> destroying this institution by being so horrible that people finally woke up and said like, oh, you know what? Our society is riddled with prolific sexual abusers that everyone knows about and everyone mm-hmm. just pretends to ignore. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I mean, I got to be curious about what it was like after Andrew Jackson or somebody just like overtly right. monstrously genocidal. Like most of the other right. presidents are at least, I, well, I actually <laughs> don't know. I'm not a historian. Well, but so. uh, most, most <laughs> of their <laughs> genocides <laughs> took place overseas, at least, where people weren't, yeah, it, it wasn't yeah, right they in were your backyard. able to hide it, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't tough. know. It's tough to try to look for the silver. It's <laughs> tough to look for the silver lining, you know. Right. Again, it, it has to be something with actual action. It it can't just be right. us making a hashtag about it. It can't just be an ice bucket challenge. Well, shoot, an ice bucket <laughs> challenge actually did something. You know. <laughs> right. I mean, the the thing is, we can't just be like, man, that's a shame. It's also a shame when unarmed people of color get shot by the police. Those are shames, <laughs> but they're not shames that I'm going to do shit about. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's like that bothers me, but it also bothers me that some of the anger gets completely misplaced and some of the things that need to be attacked right. are more systemic than what we're choosing to focus our outrage on. Right. Well, and and Chuck, I'm really glad you framed it that way, because I think it's a nice lead into one of the things that I left off the list, which is uh, Bernie Sanders being chosen as a speaker at the it's the Women's March. Now that the Women's March is an organization and they're actually doing kind of direct action and organizing and stuff, uh, they invited Bernie Sanders to be a speaker. And there was huge backlash against that from Mm. some usual suspects on Twitter, the very hashtag still with her sort of people on Twitter who saw this as a huge, just a blow against women's issues that they would invite Bernie Sanders to this thing. Man, I don't know about that. Well, what do you think, Megan? Yeah. (laughs) Um, man, this is, this is honestly, this is something. It's just so hard for me to care about it because it's because <laughs> it's it's like, I mean, I know it's actually like it actually matters, but it's just like, oh my god, I'm so tired of this. Like, I'm just so tired of the Hillary this part crowd. Of it. Yeah, like <laughs> just like, like this <laughs> isn't progressing the conversation. This isn't getting the party to where it needs to be. Uh, I just, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man, yeah, yeah. You can you can well, go down I, a huge hole on this on this question. I think. Right. I think there's a lot of this is my this is my hot take on this. Okay, I think there's a lot of performative outrage from Hillary Clinton sure. supporters who are yeah. still very much Hillary Clinton supporters because they hold a a specific grudge against Bernie Sanders and I'm not even going to, I'm not going to condemn them. Yeah. Okay. This is damning with faint praise. I think they actually don't know why they don't like Bernie Sanders (laughs) uh, to a large extent. Right. And so you've got a lot of performative outrage about this thing. Overall, it seems like the women's March organizers are doing a pretty good job. They've got, I mean, it's like 40, 
eight out of 50 speakers are women and women of note. Uh, not Hillary Clinton, by the way, who turned, who declined the invitation. So, I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I think that needs to be included in that conversation also. Uh, hashtag I'm with the person that decided not to be here. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, I think that's right. And particularly because a lot of the women's March organizers are women of color. They're out there on Twitter saying like, yeah. oh, it's so great to be told by a bunch of like white hashtags still withers See? that I'm doing this wrong and that they should be in charge of the thing that we organized and, you know, sent out the invitations for. See, that's the thing. It's easy to pile on women of color that are actually in this movement. Right. Making things happen. You know, I get the idea of, well, if I'm an ally, do I need to be in the foreground or do I need to kind of fall back and just let things happen? I think that there's probably a pretty good discussion among the group, hopefully. I didn't realize it was as big of a deal as it was. But I'm not as online. Like, I'm not... Uh, this week, I was so, proud to realize that I'm not as on Twitter. <laughs> so It's it's probably better for your mental health, honestly. Like, I know there's a real conversation to be had here. And I know that, mm -hmm. like, there are people who are trying to have it. But there's also just like so much personal grudge and just so much like pettiness that's going into it. And exactly. And of course there is because it's like, we're humans trying to deal with our shit. Right. <laughs> that's yep. And li literally are. everybody wrote <laughs> right. stupid shit when they were a freshman in college that could come back to haunt them. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm maybe a little bit like too hard on, on my political, others <laughs> but, like, <laughs> right. but like it's just like there's only so many things you can attend to there's <laughs> right, so right. much that's mm. like ah, oh, there's yeah. so much happening all the time that you just you just yeah. have to give up on some of the shit right like <laughs> <laughs> right Right, like you feel like you're on a treadmill and you're just ready to let the legs go out from the Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I, think that's, I think that's as good a place as any to introduce this topic, which honestly by most people's yeah. standards does not matter at all but it's a huge deal <laughs> thank you to thank some you people. for prefacing it with that yeah i want to talk about the dirtbag left and <laughs> the very bad couple of weeks that they've been having yeah okay first could i ask you to define what the dirtbag left <laughs> is okay for the listeners mostly but kind of partially yeah yeah okay certainly no i'm i'm happy to do it the thing is I'm not sure there is a solid definition of the dirtbag left. Okay. I can tell you There is a Wikipedia has, page, but I can tell I can tell you okay. what signifies yes. it for the most part, and I can tell you the the major okay. players. Okay. So we're talking about mostly a podcast movement of a few different podcasts, the flagship one being Chapo Trap House, then also Come Town. And uh, man, they, there's like a whole network of other kind Street of dirtbaggy street okay. fight. You're sure this is it. Come town's not political. They are that is See, they that, make thank the you, claim thank they you. are not. You know, they're not right. trying to pass. They're not dirtbag left. Everything's I think they're just they're not the boys. <laughs> so they're they're the archetypal like dirtbag crowd. Okay, well, and and that's that's what. That's that's what makes this difficult, because what you're talking about mostly is a bunch of um, some people who are very online and really like irony. 
They like to make ironic mm-hmm. jokes. They like to make ironic jokes in order to point out foibles in... I mean, they are hard lefties, which means they're also criticizing like liberal democracy and its failings. And they do that by being edgelords for the most part. They don't but, claim to be a political movement, but right. they get claimed to be a political right. movement well, if you're so, also very online. Oh my God, this is a ridiculous landscape to try to describe right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, this is sociology. We're digging into It is such deep. a weird space. Deep dive. <laughs> so it's like, so there's like sort of there's there's different populations with overlap in the Venn diagram. Right. And there's the dirtbag okay. crowd who are just like diehard irony edge lords who are basically just nihilists. They just like refuse mm. to feel. Yeah. They're like any they refuse to feel anything that isn't like amusement and mirth or like rage. Yeah. Or disgust. Mm. I think it's it's usually yeah. the amusement usually comes from disgust. Right. Right. It sounds like you're talking about masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a it's little bit of that wrapped up in this. So so, but it's like, and then there's the you know like the Chapo and the Chapo adjacents and whatever. Like a lot of them. There's also like a lot of it is just online left from before. Right. Like this various like other spheres from which leftists came right <laughs> online right. like i don't know the different forums oh man or... and there are a bunch of right. them too i mean like some of these people came from something awful which was an aptly yeah. named website because it was <laughs> something awful and That's, a lot of the people were super hard lefties who also spent a lot of time you know trolling like crazy and you know infiltrating other groups anyway. and taking them down from inside. Great memes though. Oh sure. Great memes. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, they can be they can be some they can be very funny. That's So okay, so <laughs> so what's the, the controversy okay, so this are... week here? <laughs> so we've kind of defined the dirtbag left. Cake Here's open. what's been going on with them. Uh the Chapo guys made a Bill Cosby joke. Then mm-hmm. and apologize. Then, well, okay. But then also a couple of their friends have been outed as being really gross sexual abusers in the the floodgate that Harvey Weinstein was the like the last peg in. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's like the actual people that they are don't matter. I don't want to give them that much attention specifically, like the dirtbag right. leftists themselves. Right. I think it's this. Some of it, it, just like that ironic distance, that mm-hmm. like that specific way to cope, I guess, with the world is so. Right. It's like very powerful for them, I guess, but it's also powerfully noxious for everyone around them too, right. and they like can't comprehend that like their their coping mechanism hurts other people. Right. It's a total lack of of empathy. And I I think it's only exacerbated by the current political climate, right, where they say, well, there's a total lack of empathy on the right. So it justifies for there to be a total lack of empathy on the left, too. Right. Because you got to fight fire with fire. Right. Um, But yeah, they they forget that it's like, oh, actually, there's a reason that we don't like that. It's because it's horrible. (laughs) I think when it comes to the two it's hard for me to like 
put come town and chop a trap house in the same boat in this particular I, I only do that in terms of what people are looking to them for. And they interact with each other a lot. Like, they, right. they know each other. The thing is, the Chapo guys, there was outrage about the Bill Cosby joke. It was a stupid fucking joke. And they apologized for that joke. If somebody doesn't want to accept that apology, they're well within their rights, and I can respect their arguments for that. If somebody is fine with that apology... Go ahead. Well, I'm just realizing that I don't think that we have, like, actually... I, I might have cut Matt off from actually describing what had happened. It's so deep. I don't it's think so what deep. the joke was. Okay. No, what I, I, mean, happened, yeah. I think those two events are. Uh, that, that, what events happened? The events were the the Bill Cosby tweet and then uh, the outing of uh, Sam Chris and Matt Taibbi as being. No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's difficult to edit. It's okay. No, that's fine. Your, uh, your objection is noted, but that's. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, some of this stuff is self-admitted. Uh, it, it, th- my question is, yeah, Chuck, your your point is really well taken. I think that my my broader question is that if you if you kind of act like an asshole a lot and you end up attracting assholes, is it unreasonable for people to then go, "Are you also an asshole?" And that's that's what's kind of bugging me about this because I mean I'm I listen to Chapo you know I've never listened to Come Town I don't listen to many of the associated podcasts but I do follow a lot of these people on Twitter and at a certain point it's like man do I really want to do I want to admit that you know does it turn out that these guys are just kind of just kind of assholes and I don't really want people to associate me with their brand. I follow Donald Trump, and that dude is kind of an asshole. And no, I get <laughs> right. it. I get it. Yeah, but, but you know, okay, go ahead, Megan. Well, I think that it's getting to like what is fandom, <laughs> and like, uh, right, like right. you follow Trump, but you're probably not a Trump fan, is my guess, right? right? Like, there's sure, and there's a very different set of behaviors that comes with fandom, like when you okay. like, when these figures in your popular culture sphere become a part of your identity and you're willing to like yeah if you're going to get, get on it, so, if you're going if you're going to get on twitter and cape for them over uh like a rape joke that they made or a, like a Jared Fogle joke or something well i'm definitely not caping but <laughs> i i like i no, i not. love how i i love how limited our view is when we have these flashpoints. We don't even look at the fact that the only reason you know that Bill Cosby is a rapist is because of a rape joke, because the whole <laughs> because media press Burris, yeah. became came yeah. to be because of Hannibal Burris's sketch, right? And yeah. that was literally a joke that people weren't like, "Man, Hannibal Burris leads the left. What the fuck is he doing mm-hmm. talking about rape and people laughing in a room about yeah. it?" That literally right. brought something to light in a way that was positive and this whole Chapo thing couldn't have existed without that initial joke that was focused about a rape so yeah i i want to be able to at least put that part oh dude no for sure I, I think i think there are ways to like i don't think rape categorically is like like that's a huge category like there are ways you can have that you can joke about it it shouldn't be a totally off-topic taboo 
Or like same with race. Off- I believe. Well, in the the original right. Chapo Cosby tweet actually wasn't. I believe it fundamentally was not a rape joke. It was a joke that involved a rapist, but it, the joke right. was on completely different targets, you know. But yeah. but they're so steeped in their irony thing that that's not going to be apparent to most people, and particularly not right. people that they ought to get along with on like 99% of issues okay. who are going to so, deliberately take it out of context. So the the joke itself was they were standing over the Cosby star. And yeah, on the, they, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And the caption is something like, try and take down this statue, libs. Yep. Or something. Right. Yeah, take, <laughs> or take down this memorial or something. Yeah, and so the biggest problem in my mind is I see that they were aiming, what target they were aiming for and what critique they were trying to make. Right. But it was just so profoundly tone deaf. Like, sure. they did not, like, weigh, they didn't sure. read the room at right. all. And, and particularly right. because this came just hot on the heels of the Harvey Weinstein revelations. Right. And it right. was like, are you fucking, are you being an opportunist? Right? Like, are you, what are you trying to do right now? Like, what is happening that you think right. this is a good idea to make this joke right now? It just probably didn't cross their minds that it was a bad idea because it's not something that they're feeling in the same way and they have like it's hard to know that unless you're like listening to people who are going through it and thus thus is our problem here (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like this was lesson learned i mean i feel like they realize now how tone deaf they were and that part if people want to own them on it i'm totally fine with that i i don't think that these revelations about Matt Taibbi or the other dude, I don't know. I'll just go ahead and first preface by saying I don't know the extent of the relationship. I do listen to the free show because I'm woke but broke. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I do hear Matt Taibbi on there a lot. But I also hear Matt Taibbi on Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Yeah. And I fucking love her and I love that show. And I know Amy's not down with rape culture, but I know that these are two shows that have some of the better conversations in the left sphere. Now, to what extent Chapo knew about Matt Taibbi's rape culture and that kind of shit. Like, I read some of it. It was gross and disgusting and juvenile and sounded like fraternity days, but even on a more juvenile level. I don't know their extent of the knowledge of it. If they knew something about it, that's crazy. But I feel like the easier thing to do would be to call out the guests that go on that show and say, hey, you're about to go on a show with people that think it's okay to joke like this. Are you cool with that? If you're not cool with that, then you need to like address it on the show. You need to call them out. You're the person that can put them in the hot seat. Sometimes, I don't know. Yeah, I feel, no, sometimes I just feel like it's we, we direct it in the wrong ways. Directing anything right now at Cumtown, like there's some sort of political leaders or like I look to, I don't look to them for anything more than I would look to Bill Maher. And I happen to think they're funnier than Bill Maher. And that's the only reason I listen. And sometimes they joke about race and sometimes I laugh at it, but yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, I think I get it. I don't give really a shit if people like want to enjoy it and like, and mm. listen to it and like, 
that's fine we all have our (laughs) yeah we all have our (laughs) shit that we get into (laughs) our shameful vices Um, all all yourselves are problematic (laughs) yeah yes but like i think to me the bigger issue is when they do something that's like clearly shitty or crosses the line for whatever reason just like being able to acknowledge that it's like mm-hmm. not getting so wrapped up that you're being attacked because because you're this brand that you consume is being is threatened. Right. You know, like there's just have a proper level of shame. <laughs> right. Like, sure. Like, well, not shame, but distance. Have some critical distance from what it is that you're all about. I don't know. I think you're That's, I think you're totally right about that. And. I think it also speaks to a couple of things that Chuck brought up uh, sort of implicitly in what he was saying. One of them is that you can apologize for something you did online, but what you did online lasts forever. And that's that's a whole problem in and of itself because it basically creates an environment where no one ever gets better, you know? Um, And it speaks to people holding it's kind of the same issue people will hold a grudge and they'll keep bringing things up over and over even if you've atoned for the thing and even if you know even if Chapo has been better in the past like week or something they had a really bad week because they just had these things that were kind of associated with them that also you can look at their track record on these issues and it it paints a picture you know what's the track record i mean because i get that everyone's pointing to these jared fogel jokes but i I don't know i don't know the other stuff that they're doing online like what else aside i hear the jared fogel jokes on the show and i'm trying to i'm trying in my head to understand that this is a difference between how the tipper gores of the world blamed you know violent rap music and video games on mass shootings <laughs> right. back in the day i'm tr- i'm trying to hold ourselves to the same standards but i know that these aren't the good old days mm. i just want to know like what they're saying aside from the jared focal shit yeah i mean like, so i think i'm i'm sort of hesitant to get like mired down and trying to like litigate <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think we're trying to it's start a, a liquid flannel chapo beef here <laughs> but like well, I obviously think not. i mean people pull shit i think what you you are pointing to something that is really important is like what is it what does accountability look like on such a right. large scale and it's a fucking hard-ass question to answer because I mean, if you go, if you're too forgiving, like nothing changes. If you're too hard, then there's, it drives I mean, polarization right. and it like forces right. division. And it's like, it's, it's such, and it's so different across like different contexts of what that balance should be. And it's, just, it's such a complicated question that, and people come in so hard <laughs> about it. Sure. Like they, sure. <laughs> And well, I think I think my perspective on this whole thing hasn't been like I think all of these guys are awful people. Just out of a sense of, of self-interest, it seems like you would dial it back for for a while. You know, 
Di- well, dial yeah. back. Now Read the fucking room, like you said before. And Megan. that's because there have to be. That's because of consequences, right? right? That's like they're experiencing the consequences of their behavior. You know, how long ago? How long ago was the Bill Cosby joke? Because I get. I get associating the Chapo Bad Week to that. Oh man, it was either five hundred years ago or it was literally like <laughs> ten days ago because that's how fast shit. Moves. Okay. <laughs> literally, like you know, I. I well, know. so this is a misogyny in the left has been going on for a really long time, just as racism well, course, in the left yes. is, and I think I think sure. what's uh, a big part of the response here is that like. So for so long, it's been riding under the cover of irony, right? Mm-hmm. And like, whether it's ironic or not, sometimes certain types of jokes and in, in certain places or with pe- certain people will just it it causes harm, and like it's it doesn't matter if it's i if the intention is to make light of something, but it's still like hurting people right sure and that's that's what's being pushed back on is that i i think it's that specific like in the left because we actually are trying to facilitate behaviors that are good and not harmful like i think that maybe (laughs) it's just that like we're we're trying to like hey guys this particular well that's what i'm thinking about maybe because that's what right. my job is to think about right i guess well, the, and the, <laughs> the way that i look at it is very simple it's like i go back to spider-man and with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and whether or not Chapo wants to admit it like yeah. they have a ton of followers they're raking in literally tens of thousands of dollars a month it, over eighty thousand dollars wow. eighty thousand dollars a month from doing their freaking show or whatever and this is what they choose to do with their platform. That to me, that's disgusting. And I, I'm glad they apologize for it or whatever. But they have a ways to go to show that they are actually sorry and that they're not just sorry that they got called out. But it's like when you go from having a show like ours where a couple hundred people listen to it or whatever to having a show. That's where- very generous. Brent. Thank, <laughs> yeah, you. Thank you for making where, us sound good. I don't even know what their listenership is. I feel is, a flutter like in my heart right hundreds now. Hundreds of thousands 200 of people. people. I feel like you do have a responsibility to watch what you say a little bit more closely than when you were a garage podcast or whatever that no one cared about and no right. one listened to and you made zero dollars. Man, yeah. I mean, it's it's a shitty, like, I, I, uh, like humble dude. brag kind of thing to say, but we're on episode what 58 and i don't think we've ever made light of rape have we i don't think that's ever happened <laughs> like well maybe not us but I, other people man, maybe i don't know you know i don't know it, well, I, I think the left is looking too hard for heroes in the wrong well, places and that, you know it's what it's like people that are looking for rappers to and be that heroes is the thing you know that makes me i mad. mean Right. Go ahead. You, you, Brendan, you were saying So something. the thing that does make me upset is that we're so consumed with this like self-analysis of like, is the left good enough? Is the left sure enough or whatever? Where at the same time, everybody on the right is like, oh, a Democrat did sexual assault? All of a sudden, we think sexual assault right. is bad. Before we said it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> right. But now we're like, oh, a Democrat did it? I, we hate it. You guys are gross oh for God. liking that. I can't mm. believe you like that guy or whatever. And it's disgusting how easily they're able to pull that off. And yeah. flawless. The, 
on Fox News over again and again. As if most fucking Democratic voters ever knew who Harvey Weinstein was before this <laughs> thing happened versus all of the people who actually voted for Donald Trump. Right. You know, again, it's like I'm a person who has gone through literally every perspective here. Like, I have been in a situation where I've been sexually assaulted. I've literally stopped what I thought was sexual assault in my fraternity house at a college party and have lots of people that were there to witness it. And I was all wrong and embarrassed or whatever, but I saw something and I fucking acted, man. I feel like it's so easy for people, especially liberals on the left, to sit behind a computer and to act like Twitter world is the real world and to not actually be out and be fucking doing shit, man. And and to be looking for other heroes at the same time, to be setting some example when we literally have a precedent that sets no example for anybody. You know, we need we need to be fucking getting up and doing shit. If you don't like what they're saying, stop listening Tell them and 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 harass the people that go on the show. Just say, hey, this is the show that you are associating with. I think it's easier than busting the dime bag kid, you know, <laughs> which which is what America's all about, busting the low level sure. person and letting all the big shit right. go. This is still gonna be a problem whether or not Chapo shuts down over this, which right. they won't. But you know, this will still be a problem in the society. And you know, yeah. and and this week, another thing I saw that was also an issue was the fact that so many people wanted to pin as many things as possible on Chapo to the point where it almost got ludicrous for me. It's mm-hmm. like people that have, you know, histories of racism online talking about a number one fan doing some having a history of doing something since they were nine, something that literally Chapo couldn't have known that they were attracting, I don't think, from what i've heard in the free country. right well and, and you're talking about the uh this whole issue of like guilt by association online and that absolutely happens right well sure dude you're talking to a black person you're talking to a person who this country has literally used rape as an excuse to lynch people i mean this was talked about in the entertaining novel to kill a mockingbird <laughs> And nobody was shutting To Kill a Mockingbird down about oh. that. Although oh, people no. are now shutting it down because the N-word's used, not because we're talking about the trope of black men going after white women, a trope that is still used today to kill people in South Carolina churches. Or the or the trope of white people going after black men using the excuse. Yeah, You know, and a person was lynched in fucking Omaha, dude, over that kind right. of shit. It's like, so black people, I think, do have a natural tendency to get a little bit of radar going when when allegations are coming up and say, what's going on behind this? Because for a lot of rape allegations, you know, they've been political and been racial racially based and and used for disproportionate sentences. I'm not trying to be a men's rights activist. I hope I'm not coming off as anybody as <laughs> no, that. No, this is, but this is I'm coming off as someone that is so intersectional in the middle of the intersection that I'm going to get hit by an 18. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, well, how the fuck can I move? I'm fucking paralyzed. You know, I, I have different role models than Chapo. I definitely yeah. would love to emulate the money they make. But, <laughs> I, but obviously, but obviously I don't look to them for that. So I don't know, man, you know. 
I'm I'm not ready to <laughs> to no, I think dump all, all the shit on them. Yeah, I think that's completely legit. I think what you were talking about with um the just looking for fa- like heroes in all the wrong places is what sticks out to me. Mhm. That's a title, an episode title right there. <laughs> <laughs> but some of what I am like pushing back on I think is just like these guys do get some like hero worship. They are they are building a lot of clout and I think what Brandon what you were talking about, they do have a platform and for me like I again, like I don't give a shit if somebody wants to like keep listening to them and and enjoy their product (laughs) their brand but like don't get so upset when when something they do and they cross the line and people react to that right sure right well and to you know to bring it back to the boy scouts uh (laughs) i feel like as a white male of privilege i can barely listen to child (laughs) So I can't imagine why anyone who's not a white male with privilege will listen to it. Chuck, I understand that you're right. a big fan or whatever. Guys, guys, you all, I need to reiterate this on the show for people. I literally listen to Vanguard America's podcast <laughs> to try to understand. To try, because it's like, man, there's got to be a dialogue eventually. And it's like... If I don't even know what I'm mad at, it's well, going to be a lot harder for me to bring up. Points, <laughs> so. For sure. If I can and I listen to that, 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 that I can to me listen to strikes Chapel. me like that's a very different. Like you're 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 engaging sure. that with that with a critical eye, which right. I think a lot right. of people are not doing with the 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 shit that they enjoy more than right. like an ironic enjoy. I'm just like holy shit, you fucking right. people right. wearing diapers. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, well, right. that's that's teasing the uh, the We've high note. I think a little that. bit. Um, <laughs> that will be a good high note for sure. But I think what's important in, is being able to maintain that, be able to engage in that critical process when your favorites do do something sure right. noxious. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's it. Seems to have been the lesson of the past couple of weeks. You know, I mean. You you've seen the same arguments for like Roman Polanski and uh, Woody Allen for decades, Allen. right? Sure. Like you know that these guys sure. have done ugly stuff. At a certain point, there there's some mental calculus that has to happen between I'm willing to enjoy this person's product despite what I know about them personally, or they've crossed a line. At which point I'm gonna completely dissociate from them, and Right. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not saying I, I'm not saying the Chapo's anywhere near that level, but I think it does speak to uh fucking Bill Cosby, which came up in this con- in this well, context. Michael Jackson or it, honestly, yeah, and I think <laughs> it was more nebulous with Michael in terms of people of color as a collective mm-hmm. body right. or something, but with Bill Cosby I, I think p- this has already been p- the Chapo thing that everyone's talking about now has been played out by people of color with the Bill Cosby revelations because literally Bill Bill Cosby was was people's escape for like, this is what a model family is. Even if I think my family is shit for making me hike up that mountain, (laughs) I can tune into some Bill Cosby and see what a normal family is like or a cool family. And that was like everyone's ideals. And that was people living out 
escaping through entertainment again and then this came right. up and then it's like right. now you have to separate the entertainment from from so it was like full house for black people <laughs> <laughs> dude seriously i i don't care if we lose any dozens of the fans we have F- yeah. <laughs> that show is so dumb. Thank you, Megan. High five over yeah, over Skype. There Even we though go. I do have Kitty Gibbler as my avatar. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's Your a great avatar. Love is 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 exposed. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No. no, but I think honestly, like for people on the left, we don't have a lot of entertainment that's that caters to the left. Right. Like that's not. <laughs> there's not a lot out there that's not like insightful about like a lot of the Chapo guys are like actually genuinely insightful about a lot of systemic bullshit. And so it's refreshing and it's easy to identify with them. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're up against different, they're like a lot of the same bullshit that we are. And it's like, so refreshing to hear somebody be able to, talk about something or say something in a way that <laughs> makes the pain a little bit less painful. <laughs> right. Well, and, and to a add to that real. also, I think there's a, a, a very important distinction to be made um, that doesn't seem to have been made online in terms of how outraged people are. Uh, people were super pissed off about Chapo this week. They were also pissed off about Dan Schneider from Nickelodeon, who <laughs> seems like if if you're gonna be outraged about <laughs> right. anything, it should be that guy. Yeah. Well, and and for what it's worth, the white nationalist groups are outraged. Oh, about they're that all guy. over it. So they're all over unity it. at last. Finally, we can come together. Exactly, we can share everything. Oh my god, it is it is actually horrifying to because this is something that I, so I only heard, learned about who Dan Schneider is mm-hmm. like last week through this thread on Twitter about Mm. that it just, it, it, there was a lot of evidence to point to this guy being super shady, super shady. A lot of, uh, I don't know, taking pictures of kids feet, like young, young girls feet, a lot of pictures, like cuddling with his co-stars and just this very, explicitly bound well it's like boundary violation is what like right. as somebody who's worked with kids there's just like you know to keep a, a distance that's expected right. and maybe well, that's just a part just, of the perfection not just personally but it also makes its way into the work with also i mean they're like there are actual anal sex jokes in nickelodeon shows now i mean oh. it, okay rocco's modern life was a little uh, risque <laughs> at the time. Ren and Stimpy definitely pushed on. That Ren and Stimpy bit. got pretty whack, yeah. bro. But <laughs> pornography. Yeah. But those were cartoons. Awesome. Yeah, but I, I, not I don't, actual children. Yeah, I don't remember actual children like acting out anal sex right. or like well, a forced blowjob. I will say, actual children in Korean animation sweatshops did draw those cartoons no. frame by frame. So <laughs> right. sorry, guys. Yeah, we got to play that that little clip from yeah. the Clerks cartoon now. Yeah. All your fraves are problematic. Right. <laughs> Man. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, the, the thing the thing for me though <clears throat> that's that's kind of sad from all of this is in a way everything. 
Literally and the everything. thing, well, yeah. everything, <laughs> right. obviously okay. everything okay. is, is horrible about this. It literally feels like somebody just took a knife to the, to the sky and pulled down mm-hmm. and like all, all the rape yeah, it's fell just, it's out. Just, like yeah. all of the world's all the rape just fell out, Yeah, you know, yeah. but, Which but is... the thing that I'm afraid of the most is people using this as like the political rape Olympics where it's like, well, look at Hollywood and Hollywood's crawling with liberals and Hollywood's crawling with Jewish folks. Mm -hmm. And those people are getting all the gold medals in these events of assault. I don't want it to be like that. I, Mm -hmm. but I want people to say, look, man, sexual assault is fucked up anywhere. It's fucked up when Christians do it, when Muslims do it, black people, white people, gay people, straight people. Like it happens everywhere. It's a human condition that we all have to stand up and say no, but we're going to totally turn this into something we can use for our super PACs to dig up dirt on people and all of that stuff. Absolutely. And yeah, that's, and so what's happening with, I think what's happening with Dan Schneider specifically is very illustrative of this, exactly what you're talking about. Like with original unearthing of this narrative came from 4chan. Like, 4chan has been talking mm-hmm. about this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, Dan Schneider's and been a shared the, joke with them. It's He's been a meme for a long time. Right. Yeah, so it's coming from... Uh, questionable. Uh, and, uh, the, the source is questionable reputation. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, <laughs> but, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up Uh-oh. because, to me, I feel like part of this is that we have to we can't just rely on our voting strategy of saying, oh, don't vote for that because that's racism over there. We literally have to look at what what is being put out there. I mean, because if this stuff has been circulating forever and no one paid attention to it just because it's a racist person that did the research right, on right, it, that's right. fucking bullshit. And that literally contributes to the problem more than what people think just by dismissing it right. over absolutely well, absolutely and you can like they, they might have woven. they might have woven this narrative but the strands with which they wove <laughs> like right. that came from dream <laughs> like that is it is an undeniable like the empirical support for it is a very solid it's a very cohesive picture right. it doesn't fucking matter right. who wove it Right. Well, but the thing I guess it comes down to me is that and this reminds me of like when we were talking about how when all these shootings of black people were happening, it was like, well, if they just get body cameras and everyone can see what's going on. Right. Then that'll fix the problem. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like right now we're in the phase where it's like, well, if everyone just knows how much sexual assault and all this rape culture that's happening, like clearly if everybody could just realize that that's happening that will solve the problem and it's like it's not enough no right. nope. yeah. you you have to go you have to go farther and no one knows right. what that yeah. magic solution is like there is not a magic solution where you flip the button and say well now that everyone realizes it it's fixed it's like well it's not fixed it's still yeah. happening and just now everyone knows that it's happening and mm-hmm. you need to go a step beyond that yep. and no one really knows what don't that talk is. about it be about it yeah and I think to get back to your point earlier, Chuck, about how it gets weaponized. What's been pretty horrifying to me to watch is the way that the white genocide crowd and the MAGAs, <laughs> how they're going in and they're and, and they're right now they're making it about him being Jewish. Like they're going in and right. they're like, <laughs> right. oh, the Jewish 
perversion and just like all the all the dumb shit right. oh, sure. and they're making or, it you know oh he's and a they are weaponizing whatever, right? it mm-hmm. right and so yep. in some ways part of what has uh, like comes up to my mind is actually no uh, the left needs to care about this too the left needs to yep. figure out how to like take this seriously and yep. counterbalance that <laughs> spin that narrative the distortion they're putting right. out there the distortion that is when we do it it's locker room banter when you guys do it it's mm-hmm. actual degeneracy you know yep yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent agreed we can't we have to yep. hold them accountable you know we have to say dude you can't no no yeah <laughs> you can't what you can't do this bullshit <laughs> like, yeah exactly now we've got enough ammunition where it's like okay well, here's your tweets about your outrage for all of this stuff. And now here's your candidate doing all of this stuff. <laughs> oh, but they, so, oh, they're they so good at rationalizing. Oh, absolutely. The gymnast, yeah, so it's, it, it can't be for them. It can't be to fight them. It has to be to like, for the people Just to who fight are the, watching. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the people watching. The kids, yeah. the literal children that are on Twitter yes. watching this. Like, literally 12 year olds follow Dan Schneider on Twitter right. and they right. tweet to him and these fuckers are they're taunting him they're like the anime Nazis are all over this they're like all about <laughs> like oh you're next Dan and they're fighting with children and they're right. when they're they're tweeting at him about like ah bring back Jake and Drake or <laughs> Drake and Josh. I, I want to watch cartoons and, and like, and they're getting your heroes rapists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're getting these anime announcements coming in, being like, "That show's gonna be canceled forever because he's going to jail because he's a rapist." And it's like you. Yeah. And this has happened. There's a vacuum kids. on right. this. This is a real thing. Oh my god. Oh, it's so distressing. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, Do, speaking of Nazis fighting kids, oh, did geez. you all ever see that picture of uh, that neo-Nazi shout trying oh, to shout Girl down Scout the Girl Scout? Yeah, yeah, the, that's so uplifted. That thinking, was in like okay. Eastern Europe or whatever. Oh, for sure, it was in Borno or something. Sorry, I thought you were where you were going with that. Is did you all see the neo-Nazis as children? And I oh, thought yeah, oh, that's yeah, no, that's they are so let's, let's adorable. Yes. <laughs> let's let's bring that out for a high note. How's that for a transition, boys? Oh my god. Great, great segue. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, there he is. Sorry, do I know you? Bobby Baloney. How you doing? Gary Royce. Gary Royce, yeah, I've been hearing about you. How's that? I've been coming down here a few weeks now. Everyone's saying nice things. It's supposed to be anonymous. Tell you what, why don't you and me, we go down to the children's hospital, we go around back where the dumpsters are, and we go in there and have ourselves a little diaper feast. You know what I'm talking about? No. I... Oh, oh, I got you. <laughs> oh, you're joking. <laughs> I'm testing you. I'm making sure you stand on the program here, huh? You got to be a good boy. Yeah. You got to stay away from them diapers. Yeah, I'm trying, but it's a hard road. It's yeah. hard. You got to stay in a program. You got to do what they say. You got to stay focused. Working hard, doing the meetings. I'm freaking proud of you, Gary Royce. You know that. Trying. Okay, so for me, can you imagine back to that scouting for real quick? The dynamic. I mean, my brother and I got Eagle Scout on the same night. I was 15 years old. My brother was 14, and it was because 
high school you didn't want to be a boy scout in high school because it was considered kind of oh, nerdy was, it was rough yeah you didn't want to wear your uniform to school because you oh no right. we didn't wear a fucking uniform to school are you kidding me was that a thing <laughs> no i hope not some people did kids that couldn't afford to not wear it or didn't couldn't afford to go home and change before scouting right, and right, stuff right. Yeah, they literally yeah. did and people did get teased a little bit but can you imagine if girls were in scouts and it literally just became a new social shift where everyone's like, dude, I'm doing scouts. You know, yeah. that's where all the co- yeah. that's where all the cool kids are. That's where we're trying to impress people. Dude. I'm going to build the biggest fire. You know, <laughs> I'm going to recycle the most kids. You know, that's that shit's going to be important. That's just yeah. going to be I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll, I'll come out batting hard for this one because <laughs> that's actually that would prepare kids better for being yeah. adults uh, in so many ways, uh, doing, yeah. being able to do those things intergender, it, including all of the obvious like dating and making out and heavy petting that's going to happen uh, while that happens, <laughs> right. you know? which which uh, will it, still happen in the fucking collapse of capitalism. Like all that shit's still <laughs> right. going to be happening. <laughs> Teens are going to be banging. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be happening in literally any high school endeavor ever anywhere anyway so like why not in scouts also you know like you can you can actually teach kids how to be responsible yeah i mean those skills are going to be really important in the post-apocalypse exactly. you know it's sure. crazy I, I can't wait for the for the fall of capitalism because i will actually gain economic status rather than lose it <laughs> you know like, <laughs> it's literally gonna be like my fight club ending you know like that's gonna be it for me <laughs> so <laughs> but but enough about my high notes i i think we had something that we wanted to talk about here from uh from our dear friends over at Turning Point USA. <laughs> Wasn't that oh, so something good. you wanted to talk about? <laughs> like, it was definitely a highlight to the week for me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, honestly, it's the kind of thing that if, if politics wasn't so bad right now, it would mm. be the news for weeks and weeks. Because it's just right. so fucking dumb and hilarious. <laughs> but on the other hand, I think it's the fact that everything is so fucking terrible that this is just such joyous, wonderful news. Like, I right. don't think I would give a shit about, like, would some idiot college kid in a diaper right. in, front of, <laughs> in front of his school in a cage? Yeah. Like, would that be something that I would have seen? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so does somebody want to describe what it is we're talking about right now? The funniest thing to happen in 2017? <laughs> oh, I don't know oh, if I'd, I'd say yeah. that. But it's definitely the funniest thing to ever happen today. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what was that, Megan? <laughs> I mean... I so I, I haven't really studied it so much. Okay. But from there, what I can tell. There's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, it's just, it's just a couple of, like, college Republicans or te- turning college Nazis who are like. <laughs> yeah, Tur- Turning Point right. USA, which is the kind of rebranded young Founded Republicans. Founded by Eagle Scout. Organized Charlie a protest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's They're right. neo-Nazis, basically. Yeah. Oh, but. Oh, we staged a bit of a protest today against college safe spaces, which I'm not convinced they know what 
that phrase means (laughs) because their protest was uh, all of them wearing diapers and like little kid clothes crawling around in a big playpen that they constructed. That's Uh, offensive. Pokemon is fun for all ages. You I gotta catch them all. Like the video game is sweet. I'm not gonna lie. I, I watch my partner Pokemon. play that shit all the time. Costume. Right. But, right. But the caption, of course, is like, "This is what libs look like." Yeah. The, this is right. You know, this kind of behavior is killing right. the the discourse at college. And it was at Cleveland and State. People who don't agree with them can look at it right. and go, "Like, no, that's." Actually, that's right. true because this is the worst fucking protest right. I've ever this seen. Is, this is the I love this. This is their argument. L- literally, is liberals because they love safe spaces and being respectful are metaphorically in a diaper, and isn't that embarrassing for them? Here I am in a physical, actual diaper, right? To show you how metaphorical this is right yeah. now, yeah. and how right. how embarrassed they should be about right. their. Love for respect. That'll language. show you. I bet you feel embarrassed by me <laughs> wearing this shit. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. though, Take I that. feel like the liberals do have their own version of that. Like, oh, do you remember sure. that? That's like the fucking like I don't know the dinosaurs on Trump's on the on the White House lawn. Oh, the dinosaur march. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like, didn't see that. What are you doing? Oh Why? Everybody got in inflatable dinosaur costumes. And they, it was like, was it like pro science or something? I don't even remember. I mean, but yeah, they got in inflatable dinosaur (laughs) costumes and they did like the dinosaur march on Washington about like, don't defund science grants or something. I don't even know. Right. But the difference is that it's like in, like toward a good cause versus like. Sure. (laughs) Right. Well, also let's, let's not pretend like the personal humiliation between dressing up like a dinosaur and literally shitting your pants <laughs> to own the list right. are, are anywhere Very near different. comparable. One of them is dorky. Yeah. The other one is absolutely humiliating. One of them. Like, I don't think anybody is, on their side, dude, not on their side, thought that this was dude, a cool thing is, that they did. This is almost certainly like, this is their kick. It's got to be their kick. They are, getting, they are into this shit. Like, this is... Yeah. That's right. any excuse. Right. No, yeah. But, they, it, but it, I, like, it's... Oh, I wish there was a British guy commenting no. on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. I, I know... I literally saw people... <laughs> I saw people on Twitter today saying, you know, guys, let's not use this as an excuse to kink shame um, people who like to do yeah. little play or diaper play or whatever. Right. And... That was so funny because I don't think that's at all what's happening. Well, I just, no, it's totally you know, is... not. It's they're they are just actually children. Right. They're... <laughs> a big a big part of, you know, baby kinksterism or whatever is shame and embarrassment. So yeah. by mocking them, we're actually <laughs> helping them get their kink. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're 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 participating in it in a positive way. Dude, it's like I'm performance su- art or yeah, something. I'm super into that. <laughs> that's that's like that's the fucking galaxy brain version <laughs> of I just want our listeners to know that in England diapers are called nappies. <laughs> so so if someone says that they're not racist. But I mean we've we've often said that the the Twitter joke is that conservatives would literally take a dump if a liberal had to smell it, you know, just so they would both suffer. And now they're literally wearing right. diapers. I mean, it, they make it too easy. It's just yeah. sad. They're just yeah. so petty. They're 
so Save a dumb. Yeah, irony, irony and satire are completely dead in 2017. <laughs> all of the all of the jokes, like I can't believe that the Onion is still in business because they're not the doing reality great. out outclasses it <laughs> Meta- every single time. metaphor doesn't work so like <laughs> life is a highway can right. never be played here well i'm gonna <laughs> so. i'm gonna i'm gonna flip the script from where i was before and i'm gonna defend irony i still think it's <laughs> oh oh <laughs> it only took us 50 minutes to get to this point no just kidding <laughs> like, there's still like a function to it man like it's just you can't be so lazy about it. You've got to, like, you can't sure. just rely on that only. <laughs> Read the fucking yeah. room. Well, that's, you and earn if, my $5 and if a gonna, month. if you're going to make a really pointed, ironic joke, you need to put yeah, more right. work into it. It needs to be super clever. Like, set you know, it up. Set there, up the there were certain people who hated a modest proposal <laughs> because they thought that he was genuinely yeah. advocating for eating Irish children. <laughs> And then all of the other people who were pissed off about it were pissed because he was right. Everything that he was saying in the entire mm-hmm. essay about how the British Empire neglected the Irish uh-huh. was totally right. And that was why they got pissed <laughs> off about it. That's good satire. You know, that 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 was a joke that took like 60 pages. Yes! to write. That, that that was the that was the uh, satire of Modest Proposal. But what was the satire of indecent proposal? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> How did they establish that? You know, eighties no, Hollywood, right. as we've learned, was a, was a very different time. God bless you, Robert you know? Redford. I always I always get indecent proposal mixed up with all of the other ones that were a lot oh, like, like the it Vegas at the time. one with Nicolas Cage uh, or that, whatever. Is that the critty? Well, there's a basic the instinct crime drama. Is that the right genre? Yeah, gritty gritty crime genre where there's probably a lot of seduction and, and intrigue, like rough sex, probably. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think the. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, would what would you do to own? What would you do to own a conservative? What would you do to own an alt right person? That that's the question liberals should to be asking. Oh my what? god, I I to. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna admit this to at own all. But it's totally someone on the all right, similar to Diaper Boy. What would you do? It's totally on theme. Okay, so we were at the the Great State Fair yeah. of Texas last mm-hmm. week, and Mom and I were just kind of like sitting out in the plaza watching people go. We were just drinking beer and like people watching. It was great, and uh, a bunch of Marines marched by with like a police escort, and we realized they must be about to do a flag ceremony, mm-hmm. and. I was like, I should run up to the front of the crowd and kneel <laughs> just to piss people off. Uh, yeah. and, and Tammy was like, Tammy was like, no, don't do that. That'd be terrible. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, oh my god, but it's so funny. Then, like, right. But then they started playing just like a like a canned version of the national anthem, and the Marines shot off like one shot, and then started doing the the flag ceremony. And a bunch of people who were walking by just like. High five and motherfuckers wearing like ball caps, <laughs> like stopped and put their uh-huh. heart, their hat over their heart, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm doing it." So uh. I I fucking like s- sat there on my oh knee, my um, <laughs> drinking a beer and smoking oh a cigarette. Oh, Bless dude, uh, I hope I hope so, you had shades on uh, because that would have been the best. 
Well, and she'd be like, this is how we do it from California. Right. We can't touch on this without the amazing picture that someone posted on Twitter of the guy at the Jets game wearing a shirt that's like, I stand for the flag with respect. Mm. After the game, using his flag as like a picnic blanket or whatever, as oh. he like sits on the grass. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Okay, that was from a Jets game. Yeah. Holy shit. I saw, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like literally, Boy Scouts taught me that if the flag touches the ground, you burn it. So well, like we we've talked about that. Is that I right, would have lit that right. shit on fire oh, under man. his ass right. so fast. I have burned. <laughs> Be like, Take this. Right. Conserves. They, wait, you burn it if it? That seems if like touches- that's also that's like a bigger. <laughs> patriotic no crime. no because burning a flag has this no whole, no no In no a ceremony. there's this whole ritual yeah. about it dude you, it's, yeah oh it's yeah. like a flag retirement ceremony you, you retire a flag by it's burning serious. it like if a flag is worn from where you you have a, a flag burning but ceremony the, yeah uh, you, you have, have to play have taps a, have to have and, ceremony in order for this and it's folded oh yeah there's like a whole okay, so yeah. just like out the street burning it because yep. you're like no, uh, we weren't now. like Antifa. <laughs> right. They're like, first, tie your neckerchief around your face so that the police don't identify you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, and start chanting that's something. The, that's the capitalist answer to this, right? Yeah, I mean, you could you could streamline the whole thing. The Boy Scouts have some flags that need to be retired. The Antifa need to burn Team some up. flags. So, like, yeah, they, <laughs> they start chanting, good turn daily, good turn daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean but but yeah that that was a skill we learned in boy scouts we learned the proper conditions yeah. of handling and disposing of a flag i've burned dozens of flags dude i would have burned that flag under his ass <laughs> and i would have ex- and i would have demanded everyone would you have done the ceremony thank you. around What's it that? like would you yeah. have like oh, yeah. incorporated the ceremony into this while you were burning yeah, i would have like played citizen's arrest. i would have started blasting taps on my phone no matter what they were paying attention to i would have been like here's the taps i would have maybe taken my hat off you know <laughs> and, and then screamed you're welcome afterwards you know <laughs> that that's what i would do for america so I don't know that I answered my question, but oh well. It's beautiful. <laughs> I think that's a answer. Okay, good deal. We took it out on a high note I again. was going to say, we that's probably it. the highest note we've taken it out on in a while. <laughs> yeah, in like a month, easy. <laughs> Well, we we got to close it out since the while it's going so good. But uh, you know, first we wanted to thank you for joining us on the show, Megan. Is there anywhere you know? Where can our audience find you? Oh God, out there in the internet. Um. Oh, I don't know. Or should they not find you? uh, Okay, I am (laughs) at meme witch bitch bitch the bitch. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Um, (laughs) Which quick note I got because I was in an argument with uh some white genocide folks and they accused me of wanting to <laughs> being a uh, wanting to being a witch meme them at, meme white people out of existence and i thought that was the funniest thing that i've oh, ever man. heard in my life <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's my origin story <laughs> um anyway so that's how i got a meme my name is worth a thousand words <laughs> double v at twitter perfect <laughs> meme bitch double v at twitter <laughs> <laughs> Meme witch with double beans. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. 
<laughs> well, and the audience, you all know where you can find us out on the inner tubes, the YouTubes, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Hey, we're on Reddit now. Oh, Let me start oh hell yeah, Reddit. dude. It's where all so, the best discourse happens. Dude, you know, there's a lot of information. I can't <laughs> wait to get it out there. I can't wait to hear from you all. <laughs> and you can also... Yeah, black black dudes always do really oh, dude, well on Reddit. Especially those black bisexual dudes. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But you can tell us all about it at our individual Twitter handles. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? They can find me at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with a W. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>